This show has a wonderful research department. For instance, you've probably never heard of Dan Rice. In 19th century United States, Dan Rice was renowned, or as much as one could be before mass communications, as a clown and performer. He was also a sort of inventor, songwriter, actor, dancer, and even a circus strongman. He wrote and performed parodies of Shakespeare's plays. For instance, there was this one, Dan Rice's multifarious account of Shakespeare's Hamlet. But Dan Rice was famous for something else. He came up with expressions we use today. Early in his career, he helped Zachary Taylor in his 1848 presidential campaign by driving a circus wagon with a band on it. So he asked Taylor to jump on his bandwagon. Which brings me to this episode. Did Hockey Canada jump on the modified ice bandwagon two years ago when it initiated its novice program? I'm Richard Berkison, and you're listening to Grassroots, the Minor Hockey Show, Episode 4. In 2009, 109 years after Dan Rice died, USA Hockey began its American development model for the U8 kids, the central element being cross-ice or modified ice hockey. It was indeed controversial. A few years later, in 2015, USA Hockey took a bunch of those U8 kids in Detroit, fit them with the tools of analytics, and tracked things like puck touches, shots, and the like. The startling results made it clear that small space hockey, whether it be cross or half ice, produced far more engagement by its participants in every aspect of the game. But this was only an affirmation of what hockey coaches around the globe already knew. Kids should be playing and practicing in a space designed for them. It's been done in Europe for years. USA Hockey took the initiative to formalize programming for its younger players to increase numbers, maintain those numbers, and most importantly, teach children the proper way. Analyzing what they were doing turned out to be the proof in the pudding. Hockey Canada jumped on board, so to speak. Okay, maybe it was a bandwagon. Using the American stats to bolster its case in favor of modified ice programming. Meanwhile, the internet was filled with videos created by USA Hockey to show just how effective the smaller space would be. A particularly effective video was filmed on a frozen lake in 2014. Using the proportions of children playing on a regulation rink designed and used by adults, they put adult players on a space relative to their size, complete with larger nets. Here's what some of that video sounded like. I mean, it's daunting. It's huge. That's the main thing. It's just size is just too big. I know, it's too big. When I stepped onto this ice surface, I uh, kind of was looking down and trying to figure out where it started and stopped. It's the view of what ice was like when we were kids. You know, this is what it was like, and you forget that when you get older. Looking out at this as a kid, it would be overwhelming. Just wondering 
you know, if you're going to get up and down the ice surface. We thought this was for a completely different sport. It almost looked like a joke here. You know, you see the giant nets and everything. There's no way we're playing full ice on this. Am I going to play on this? Oh, jeez. So, when Hockey Canada jumped on board, that bandwagon thing again, the detractors were lining up to complain. It didn't matter what videos you showed, what stats, American or otherwise, you employed, or comparisons you made, this was not hockey. In Canada, until the Modified Ice Program began in 2018, this was the only sport and perhaps the only activity for children, with absolutely no accommodations made for their size. Now, finally, we have it. Let's hear it for Dan Rice and his bandwagon. In episodes four and five, I chat with two individuals who have been involved with the Modified program since its inception. This show is with Steve Miller, who runs the on-ice instruction for a program in Oshawa Minor Hockey. Episode 5 will feature Corey Lucas, a former NCAA Division I and Minor Pro player who coaches a team of little ones in the Modified Ice program. Here we go. Steve Miller who's been coaching and teaching hockey for decades and has been uh, sort of the front man for the novice uh, program, the uh, Adapted Ice program in Oshawa Minor Hockey. Steve, welcome to Grassroots. Thank you very much. I'm going to make you famous beyond your wildest dreams. <laughs> That'll be great. Yeah, great. I can retire early. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> When you first heard about this uh, adapted ice program from Hockey Canada, you know, the cross ice, half ice, what were your first reactions? Well, I always thought that there was always 16 good kids in every community that could play full ice and get away with it. But more and more that I've been watching it and taking part of it, I think the, uh, the, the half ice is the best way to go. Okay, well, you said you always thought that there were 16 kids in, in a program that could play full ice and get away with it. What do you yeah. mean, what do you mean by that? They could they could pull, they could handle the full ice. Um, you know, not as you know, they could get away with. Um, they're the better skaters, I guess, or the better players, and they could they could handle the full ice. But then when you put them back into the uh, the half ice, and there's the tighter the tighter game. More tight, the more tight turns, stops, and that they can't get away with pushing it past the one kid and then out skating everybody. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like the the smaller game now better. Now, when you were teaching before, I mean, you taught all those years up until the last two with full ice hockey, right? Yep. Yep. How did you run the practice sessions, knowing that they were going to be playing full ice games? My skating, my skating drills were full ice. I would do like the four corners or skate, you know, stop and starts the full full length of the ice. Mm-hmm. And then now I do it in a smaller station, uh, you know, tight turns and then around a circle and then another tight turn and then back to the line. In, retros- then, in retrospect, do you think you were doing it the right way before? For that game. For the full ice game, kind of, but you know, it, the game's changed. It's not a two hundred foot game anymore. It's a six foot game. Mm-hmm. You know, if I can get the puck faster and then turn and make a pass, then I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you. 
But when you were when you were doing it before the last two years, um, yeah. and you did these more full ice drills or longer space drills, I don't know what you want to call them. Um, did you find that it benefited the just the strong or the middle and up or the weaker and up or who did it benefit? Do you think the middle, the middle and up? So you know, thirty percent of your group. Okay, and the rest of them. They they would get it and it would help them, but it would take them three quarters of the season. Okay. And now with the uh, the cross ice half ice, what differences are you seeing? Oh, the the edge work, the tight turns, the uh, it's coming a lot quicker. We work on the edges for the first two months, and then once they get a handle on it, the confidence just goes up way faster. Did you not do any of that before, or did you just do less of it? I did less of it. Okay. Uh, and now you find in the smaller space you need to do more of it? Or, or what? Yes. Yeah, more, because you've you got to teach them, you know, to turn fast, get the head up, get up the ice, uh, before somebody gets back on you just as fast as you got to the puck. What's been the reaction among the kids? I think they like it. I try to make it challenging. I try to put them out of their comfort zone so that they, they do like it. Kids like to be challenged. Sure. Now, what about before? You know, in previous years, um, was it not challenging for most of the kids, or was it too challenging? It was probably too challenging for for the lesser, the lower-end group of the kids. Um, they would look up and probably say, i got to skate all the way down there, right? And they would get there, but... You know, you make it smaller, and, and you know they can see their achievement a lot faster. Right now, do, do you think that the full ice was really designed for? Uh, I mean, it wasn't deliberately designed, but it, it it ended up being more appropriate for the best straight line skaters. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because they could just chip it past the one kid that was there, and then be off to the races, and the other kids would just stay at the other end, the other team's blue line, mm-hmm. and line back up. Mm-hmm. What about the uh, the team play thing? Because I know that there are parents who jump all over that. They don't know how to play their positions when you're playing half ice or cross ice, and you know that kind of stuff. You don't need position when only one player's got the puck. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what was happening with the. That's what I noticed. In, is, you know, the better player would just get the puck and go when they're six and seven or, mm-hmm. or five and six, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yes and no on the position. Um, I, I, you know, the older kids, I, I, I would have three forwards. I wouldn't have a center right, right wing or left wing. It was just first on the puck. Didn't matter if you're the left wing on the right side, we have to get the puck. We need it faster than anybody else. Now, in terms of teaching some, you know, basic principles of, of the sport of the, of team play, I guess you want to call it. Uh, what approach have you taken, uh, with the cross ice, half ice program, as opposed to what you did before? Uh, well, we, we always put a, a, a small area game, at least 10 minutes, 15 minutes of every practice. And um, I would design it that they would, before they could score, they'd have to have three passes or two passes. Or I would set up another game, but we would call it uh, four corners. And you divide the, the, the half ice into quarters and you put an offense defense in each side. And they couldn't move to another square. You could only pass the puck to another square. Huh. How's it work? 
it takes about two weeks <laughs> for them to grasp that, mm-hmm. but it, it, it does work. And now one of my coaches this year is now, because he's got more kids than on, on, on any other team, he's added a floater. So the only guy who could score is the floater, and he can go in from offense to defense. And that really, I noticed that the other night at practice, and, I, you know, that was a great, you know, little step in there. Did you not do any of that stuff before? Not as much. I would have a little fun game, but nothing designed as a team play or um, work on something that we were trying to do for the last three or four weeks. Now, the, the, you've heard all the criticisms about the cross-ice program and the half-ice program and from parents, and, you know, we've, we've all heard all this stuff. Um, which criticisms do you think have a little bit of justification? Mm. The only thing we don't develop in that cross ice is is, a, is the goalie. Okay. So you know, other than the team play, no, you know, you don't need team play when you're seven and eight years old. That comes by the time you're ten. Mm-hmm. Well, with the goalies, I mean, uh, in, if you look at the OHF program, which is you know fine tuned from the Hockey Canada mandate, uh, goalies are supposed to be rotated. So, yeah, I what do you I saying? don't mind. I don't mind the rotating goalies. I think that's good because you got to give every kid a chance. But some kids want to be a goalie, mm-hmm. so we should. If they're going to do, if they're going to be a goalie, there should be something as a, a goalie skating. So the the drill should be designed for that goalie. So you do a shuffle skate or a, a C cut or backward skating, um, more edge work. But goalie edge work. Right. Would you need a goalie instructor out there, type of, or at least somebody trained in dealing with goalies? Yeah, I would think somebody who's, you know, the goalie skates are different than uh, out skates, uh, you know, than a forward skate. Right, so, right, yeah. I, I, yeah, I could, if I put a pair of goalie skates on, I don't think I could skate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, okay. Now, where, how do you see this program evolving over the next few years? I think once the parents buy in, like the better parents, the be- or the parents of the better kids, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be very successful. Now, the parents of the better kids, in other words, the in their heads, they're AAA, you know, which, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, in my view, calling kids AAA before, before the age of 9 or 10 just, you know, fills their heads with the wrong kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, there are kids who are going out to to outlaw organizations to play full ice because they don't believe in the half ice, cross ice. Is, yeah. there, is there a way to convince them otherwise, or you just kind of forget about it and move on? I think you just forget about it and move on. You know, I think the, with the smaller ice um, game, the players that are getting the more skills because uh, of the tighter play mm-hmm. will pass those kids when by the time they're 12. Right. Now you you've seen a bunch of half ice games already, haven't you? Yes. What do you notice? The speed. The, the game is is fast. It it's a lot faster, especially with the better kids, mm-hmm. and even to an extent with with the weaker kids. You know, the ones that you so called want to call a um, that that the game is still quick. Mm-hmm. What what kinds of things do you see that they're developing in those quick games? 
I mean, this is, this oh, is all subjective, isn't it? I mean, it's anecdotal, yeah. yeah, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, they're edge work. They have to... they got to be able to turn quick. Mm-hmm. Because in, in, in the... The full ice game, I could chip it. Like I said, I could chip it past you, and then if I can outskate you, then I, I'm going to score. Yeah. But in the smaller game, there's a guy right behind them. Right. There's no room. Right. And the yeah, there's no room. And the weaker kid, the weaker kid can't hide. Right. Right. Unless he's out there with four other kids that are superstars. Now the Hockey Canada mandate that came out. Uh, well, it's now almost three years ago since it was first um, publicized. And uh, they said that in the second year, in other words, from minor novice to novice, or what we now call U, is it U9 or novice, I guess? Under the new program? Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, that they could transition to half ice, or from full ice, rather, to, to um, from half ice to full ice. Do you think the kids should have stayed in cross ice longer? Because in the first year, in minor novice, they transitioned around December to half. And now, midway through the second year, they're transitioning to full. Do you think that that's no, a mistake, or does that work? No, that, I think that's going to work. Um, maybe the, the weaker kids at the house league could stay that full year and then go full ice at minor Adam. Right. But the, the better kids, if you have a rep system in, in, in your area, I, I think that the half ice and then go full ice by in January is, is fine, and then the the seven or eight games that they get plus the two tournaments. I think it works out perfect. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the argument is, or the argument that I've used is that when you look at all the other team, major team sports, you know, soccer being the predominant one, basketball and so forth, football, volleyball, they've all got programs for their under 10 or even under 12s where they're on adapted size fields. Um, or adapted size courts. And mm-hmm. hockey is the only one that's letting the eight-year-olds halfway through their season go to yeah. full ice. And they're playing on the pro rink at eight years old. Yeah. Uh, That's too big. <laughs> well, exactly. But you just said that it's kind of, I know I'm putting you on the spot, which is the whole idea. But yeah. um, uh, you said that for the better kids, it's okay. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I would like the host league. The host league kids, I think it'd be better for them to stay at a half ice mm-hmm. and, and and get more touches, more confidence. It, it's all about confidence. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, if I get one kid that keeps beating me, I'm you know, you know, the old days he used to take his ankles out like Bobby Clark, but you can't do that. Yeah, no, you know, and <laughs> you know, kids get frustrated now, mm-hmm. and and they'll they'll quit. But if you can keep them interested and happy and fun, they're gonna they're gonna succeed. Now, the one of the things that uh, a number of people in minor hockey have complained about is the logistical issues of dealing with, you know, setting up the boards, having the small nets, which Oshawa Minor does have, uh, yeah. dressing room space. So if we think of the rink in Oshawa at Harmon Park, uh, trying to get boards on and off the ice there would have been really difficult. Um, you know, the, the, the expense of boards, not every association has six or $7,000 to spend on a, on a width-wide uh, chunk of boards. Um, yep. Does the program need the boards? Uh, I think so. Um, there's been a few pucks when we've had games that, have, that, that go over the boards. Mm-hmm. If you had just the bumpers, there'd be way more right. pucks going into the other other game. Right. Um, I would like to see this, whatever city it is, to, to, they would, if Hockey Canada is mandating this, then maybe build a rink that's designed for that. 
or <laughs> the city. The cities have good luck with that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. But the, you know, hey, Newmarket's got one or two rinks like that. You know, they the smaller rinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but those were um, built before. Those are the NTR rinks, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the ones that yeah. they're called by Mike Gartner, are they not? Mike Gartner, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, building yeah, building it, rinks is a bit of an expensive solution. <laughs> yeah, but but if the city took over the boards, mm-hmm. and then you had one facility, like say in Oshawa, there's you know five four ice pads or mm-hmm. four ice centers. Mm-hmm. If you d- designed one, and then have one center, like use it, like all, I would think that all all the kids should be in one, like your girls and boys could be in one program, right? And then at eight. They can decide. All right, I want to say house league, right? Or I want to go rep, or I want to go back to the girls. Right. But we've—it's all run through one area, one organization, and then there's a problem with the boards. They can just stay up at the at the one rink. Mm-hmm. Now let's get on to the uh, to the coaches who've been on the ice uh, working with you. Um, has that generally been a success? Yeah, yeah. I think they've they've really bought in because. They they can see the improvement on the kids faster than some of the parents. Mm-hmm. Some of the parents, you know, just watch their own kid. Where the coaches, the way we run it at five or five stations or six stations, they're helping every kid. Mm-hmm. So they can see that the that weaker kid that was on the one team is really starting to improve and can catch up to those other ones. Where mom and dad are just watching their own kid all, most of the time. So let's say you've become uh, president of Hockey Canada and you have the power now to make one more improvement or two more improvements to this program. What would you do? Jeez, I don't know. <laughs> that does put me on the spot. Yeah, well, that's the whole idea, isn't it? <laughs> um, I, I would try to get, get more more skating, more man Like we, we bring in the power skating... Um, on the, at novice, mm-hmm. so at the the older age, um, I would try to get that at the younger age, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, and then get more more pucks, more girls with pucks, so they you know the games play to the puck. If you can't carry the puck and you carry it like a suitcase, you're you're not going to be winning. Right, right. Okay, that's great, Steve. Great stuff, and uh, you're enjoying teaching it, obviously. Yes, yeah, that's, that's what keeps me going. I like it. You like it more than like ten years ago when you were doing programming? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I you know, I when I started with the the other league that I was with, I did have. Um, I would try to do stations, but I never had the help. Mm-hmm. And and now that we can, you know, get more people out. Mm-hmm. You know, I had uh, eight, nine coaches on the ice today. Well, wow. and it made it great. It's so much easier. Where you know they're running the drills. And then I could go and grab the one kid that had, a, you know, trouble stopping on the left, and then right. single him out and, and help him a lot easier. Not you. You don't have to help any of the coaches learning how to stop to the left. Uh, some of them, but we try to weed <laughs> them out. <laughs> <laughs> Tryouts for coaches, great. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. I appreciate the time, Steve. Thanks for uh, for joining me on on Grassroots. No, oh, thanks for having me out. Okay. We'll see you in a rink. All right. All right take care. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Yeah. My thanks to Steve for sharing his views on the new Modified Ice program. Back to the question. Did Hockey Canada jump on the small space bandwagon? The answer? 
Well, there may have been a small element of that, but it really doesn't matter anyway. The fact is that aside from the initiation program that came into being in the mid-1980s and the removal of body checking from under Bantam, this is likely the single best improvement Hockey Canada has ever instituted to improve the game. It's not what we adults played. It's not how we learned the game. But the game belongs to the kids. Whether it's cross-ice, half-ice, or even two-thirds ice, that plus smaller nets and the lighter puck are the very accommodations we needed to make. Why? Because to grow the game and keep children playing, we need to make it child-centered, not coach or parent-centered. The research is quite clear on its benefits to both the average player and the so-called highfalutin ones. Their time will come to learn systems and the principles of team play. There's a reason why Shakespeare isn't taught in grade 3. There's a reason why the quadratic formula isn't done in grade 4. And there's a reason why elementary school desks, chairs, and even washroom fixtures are designed for children. Because that's what they are. Next on Grassroots, Corey Lucas discusses his experience as a coach in the new program. There were times of the year where I, I didn't, I hadn't bought in a hundred percent, but as the season progressed, you, you get to see how, how that small space really works. I mean, the game itself has changed in the NHL. It's a six foot game. So it makes no sense to do five on O regroups in the neutral zone <laughs> with right. no pressure anywhere. Right. So um, breaking it down in that, that tiny area and implementing it properly and, you know, um, being strategic with the implementation of the drill and building off that, off those skills. It, it really works. It really does. My email address for your comments, Richard at grassrootsminorhockey.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>